The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with the latest in the war between Israel and Hamas. Palestinian officials say Israeli airstrikes in Gaza have killed more than 2,650 people. Israel is opening up a safe corridor out of northern Gaza. It estimates more than 600,000 have already fled Gaza City. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has arrived back in Israel. Sources say President Biden is considering a visit of his own. He says Hamas needs to be eliminated entirely. Israel is going after a group of people who engage in barbarism that is as consequential as the Holocaust. And uh, so I think Israel has to respond. They have to go after Hamas. President Biden spoke on CBS's 60 Minutes. Listeners in Washington, D.C. can hear 60 Minutes every Sunday evening on Bloomberg 99.1. Well, Nathan, Israel says it continues to have full-fledged support from the United States. And we spoke earlier with Israel Defense Spokesperson Jonathan Conriquez on Bloomberg Radio. The administration, headed by the president and then down through the secretary of state, etc., are clearly, unequivocally uh, behind Israel. And I want to be clear, we don't want a single American to do any fighting on our behalf. We will do the fighting by ourselves and we will beat our enemies by ourselves. It is the material, uh, the support, the replenishment of munitions that are important. And of course, the diplomatic support that we are very aware that we will need in the future. Israel Defense spokesperson Jonathan Conriquez says Israel is opening a safe corridor from North Gaza again today. It's estimated that more than 600,000 people have already left Gaza City and its surroundings for southern Gaza. Meantime, Karen, the Palestinian envoy to China is calling for Beijing to play a role in ending the war in the Gaza Strip amid concerns of a wider conflict and a rising humanitarian toll. We spoke earlier with Ambassador Fariz Madawi. We need to stop what's going on. It's, uh, people are dying, and uh, we, we, we need to address this situation. It's the obligation of the international community, in which China is, is, is responsible as well. This is why they're sitting in, at Security Council, and this is what we expect from them, to join hands along with others. Palestinian Ambassador Fariz Badawi downplayed the role of Iran in the conflict. Well, Nathan, we want to turn now to politics in our nation's capital. House Republicans will try once again this week to elect a new speaker. It's been almost two weeks since Kevin McCarthy was ousted. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries says there are important bills that need to be addressed. We want to ensure that votes are taken on bills that have substantial Democratic support and substantial Republican support. And House Democratic Leader Hakeem Jeffries says that he's had informal talks with the Republicans on a bipartisan solution to the leadership standoff. He made the comments on NBC's Meet the Press. Catch the program Sundays on Bloomberg Radio. In geopolitical news, Karen, the U.S. is going to tighten curbs on China's access to advanced chip technology. And we get the story from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. 
The first round happened in October, described as sweeping. So what this will do is tighten the measures already in place to refine, to close loopholes. Controls on selling graphic chips for AI and advanced chip-making equipment to Chinese firms. The U.S. will also add Chinese chip design firms to a trade restriction list on AI and impose additional checks to firms trying to evade restrictions already in place by routing through other nations. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Ed, thanks. Returning to the markets, big banks will be in focus as earnings season picks up, and we get a preview from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Among the financials this week, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, Blackstone, Bank of New York Mellon, American Express, and Charles Schwab. We'll also hear from a broad range of S&P companies. Sarah Malik is Chief Investment Officer at Nuveen. Coming into earnings season, we've seen cuts to consensus. I think there's upside companies can beat and raise. Also, margins are expected to be down, and we're coming off three quarters of an earnings recession of negative negative earnings growth. Also this week, AT&T, Johnson & Johnson, Lockheed Martin, Netflix, and Tesla, among many others. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Charlie, thanks. Another well-known company, Rite Aid, has filed for bankruptcy. The pharmacy chain says it'll also shutter more stores as it looks to restructure debts. Rite Aid's been laboring under more than $3 billion of long-term borrowing. The situation got worse after the U.S. government claimed it filled unlawful prescriptions for opioid painkillers. And finally, Nathan, the Taylor Swift Express continues to roll. People would come up to me and they'd be like, you're going to just like do a show with like all the albums in it? And I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be called the Eras Tour. See you there. And the movie version of Swift's Stadium Tour instantly became one of the highest-grossing concert films ever. Comscore says the Eras Tour delivered an estimated $96 million in ticket sales this weekend in the U.S. and Canada, and another $32 million internationally. That dwarfs past movies by Justin Bieber and the late Michael Jackson. Rather than distribute the Eras Tour movie through a studio, Swift struck a deal with AMC Entertainment, the largest theater operator. All right, Nathan, thanks. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. And good morning, Karen. A 71-year-old Illinois man accused of fatally stabbing a 6-year-old boy near Chicago and seriously wounding a 32-year-old woman has been charged with a hate crime. Police allege he singled out the victims because of their Islamic faith and as a response to the war between Israel and Hamas. Ahmed Rehab is the executive director of the Council on American-Islamic Relations. What we have is a murdered Palestinian child by someone who is radicalized by the environment in which we live right now. FBI officials, along with Jewish and Muslim groups, have reported an increase of hateful and threatening rhetoric. The latest fundraising reporting shows former President Trump with an almost insurmountable cash haul. More from Washington and Bloomberg's Steve Potus this morning. In the three-month period from July through the end of September, Trump raised more than $24.5 million for his presidential campaign. The hall boosted by his pleas to donors to aid his effort as he is set to face multiple legal trials next year. The third quarter fundraising report shows the former president's dominance in the Republican field. Ron DeSantis's fundraising has slowed considerably. In the third quarter, he brought in $15.1 million. President Biden's campaign 
Ukraine said it raised $71 million in the third quarter. I'm Steve Podisk, Bloomberg Radio. Hardline Republican and Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry is the state's new governor, winning more than 50% of the vote Saturday and handing the GOP control of Louisiana's top executive office for the first time since 2016. Tonight's election says that our state is united, and it's a wake-up call. It's a message that everyone should hear loud and clear that we, the people of this state, are going to expect more out of our government from here on out. The Trump-backed conservative won with 51.5% of the vote, followed by Democrat Sean Wilson. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, John, thank you. Well, we bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio. But now you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, and here's John Stashauer. John. Karen, the Texas Rangers yet to lose in the postseason. Six games, six victories, five of those on the road. They took game one of the American League Championship Series in Houston, two to nothing behind the pitching of Jordan Montgomery, who the Rangers acquired at the trade deadline from St. Louis. He's been terrific since then. Pitched into the seventh inning. The bullpen with two and two-thirds of hitless relief. Leone Tavares had a home run. Game two is this afternoon in Houston ahead of game one of the NLCS tonight. Arizona in Philadelphia. And speaking of Philly, the Eagles lost for the first time. Upset by the Jets 20 to 14. It's the first time the Eagles have ever lost to the Jets. They had been 12 and 0 against them. Jalen Hurts intercepted three times. The 49ers were the NFL's other undefeated team and they lost for the first time. Held only 215 yards of offense by the Browns who have the number one defense in the NFL. Cleveland won 19-17 as the Niners rookie kicker Jake Moody missed a game-winning 41-yard field goal at the end. For the Patriots, a little bit better after losing the last two games by a combined score of 72-3. Much closer in Las Vegas, but the Raiders won 21-17 and the Pats are now 1-5. Washington won in Atlanta 24-16. The Commanders intercepted Desmond Ritter three times. Both teams were 3-3. Three three. Baltimore went to London, beat Tennessee 24-16. The game last night, Buffalo survived, beat the Giants 14-9. The Bills trailed 6-0 at the half. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. 
Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. The war between Israel and Hamas appears to have entered something of a wait-and-see mode. This morning, Secretary of State Antony Blinken is back in Israel after a flurry of diplomatic activity in Gulf Arab states over the weekend. President Biden is said to be considering a trip of his own as Israel urges hundreds of thousands of civilians remaining in northern Gaza to get out of harm's way. For the very latest, we are joined from Tel Aviv by Bloomberg's Israel Bureau Chief Ethan Bronner. Ethan, Good morning. Get us up to speed on uh, so much of the diplomatic activity that has been happening since the weekend. Yes, Nathan. Well, I mean, you summarized well. The uh, Anthony Blinken is back. He just landed um, and is spending the afternoon with the Israelis. Uh, tomorrow, Olaf Scholz, the uh, chancellor of Germany, is due here. And it's very likely that President Biden will come on Wednesday. So, you know, this sort of parade of people coming to express support for Israel. But one has to imagine also to urge some kind of uh, guardrails to their activity uh, in Gaza for fear that this thing could get out of control uh, regionally. And I know that the uh, Israel, the Americans have been urging the Israelis not to get in, not to be too aggressive in the north against Hezbollah uh, in order to prevent this from spreading. So there's it's a lot of stuff going on at once. There's an enormous, enormous determination and rage still in Israel. And uh, I think it's not meeting entirely with the movement of the rest of the world, and we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, I wanted to ask uh, how or whether this has tempered some of that anger you've described uh, over recent days following the uh, brutal attack by Hamas uh, Saturday last. It has Have you seen any evidence that this diplomatic activity, so much of it happening so quickly, has altered the mood, uh, not just of Israeli leaders, but of Israeli citizens after that attack? So I, I'm not seeing that, and that's why I think that we're, you know, we're headed for somewhere quite unclear. I'm seeing uh, re, re, renewed determination uh, in the Israeli sort of mindset, uh, and uh, there's a kind of a continuing uh, focus on the massacres, more details, more tapes, more uh, survivors uh, being asked to speak to uh, foreign visitors and foreign journalists in order to make the point that the Israelis feel is vital, which is that Saturday, October 7th, began a new era in Israel's relationship with Hamas. Uh, it is now seen as ISIS. It needs to be uh, eliminated, removed. There's no discussion. The civilization versus barbary. And uh, and I'm not sure that, uh, that that is being reflected e in the Arab world or abroad. I think the Americans are somewhat sympathetic to it, but my guess is that they're not uh, they're a little alone in uh, in seeing it that way. On, it's not just a focus on Israel and sort of tempering uh, the emotions there, but there's also a focus on Iran and deterring them uh, from potentially escalating this into a wider war. How has this diplomatic effort uh, played a role in potentially preventing Iran from getting even further involved in this? Well, Lloyd Austin, the American Secretary of Defense, was here. Uh, the, a lot of American officials, you know, have been coming and going. And uh, there are two uh, U.S. battle fleets with U.S. carriers, the Gerald Ford and the Eisenhower, in the Mediterranean. And the Americans are saying to the Israelis, be careful in the north. Don't get too aggressive with Hezbollah. And if they attack you, 
you know, we're here. Okay, I'm not sure exactly what they're promising, uh, but they're certainly uh, publicly saying our presence, our military presence is a specific signal to Iran, which backs Hezbollah. So that's the the broad uh, nature of what the Americans are doing with regard to uh, Iran. We have also seen skirmishes with Hezbollah to the north. Is that raising the risk of a wider war? How is Israel handling that? Yes, it is. And Israel is uh, is sort of tit for tatting it for the moment. Uh, they're, they 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 helicopter attacks uh, on Hezbollah sites in southern Lebanon uh, and um, fighting back at hitting a guy, Hezbollah guy, killing him. So, yes, there's been a back and forth. But as I said a minute ago, the goal seems to be that the Americans are saying to them, you know, of course, defend yourself, but don't go uh, wild up there because the, the risk and the Iranians have been publicly saying, of course, these are all um, uh, battles of messages and so forth, too. But the Iranians have said publicly that uh, they, you know, that it will spread. They're also saying it will spread if the Israelis go too hard uh, into Gaza. So we'll have to see. But, you know, they, they've asked a million and point one point one million people to leave the northern part of the Gaza Strip for the south. About half of that number seems to have gone. There is uh, some water and humanitarian stuff apparently coming in. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.